0: welcome to life after the fire the preeminent podcast for all things related to having an amazing life after the fire service my name is chris phelps i'm your host i'm joined today with retired ems captain steve campana Good to well, see you chris
1: welcome steve thank you good to see you
0: so before the before the the lights and cameras came on steve and i were reminiscing of, of all the different ways that our lives kind of paralleled and crossed paths and and all the same people that we've uh worked with or known or connected with and and whatnot and we, we i don't think we've ever actually maybe been on an actual truck together uh saving lives together but We've definitely been in the same rooms together. So Absolutely. So welcome. Uh how long you been uh, Tell us tell, tell us a little bit about your career. How long of a career did you do and where was it at and
1: So it all started When did you get out? It all started when I was a kid. Uh, age 14 I became a police explorer in North Palm. I was there until I was 16. So here
0: in South Florida?
1: You're in South Florida North Palm Beach, The Village of North Palm Beach. Oh, the Village. Um from there I went to Juno uh, at age 16 cuz you could be a volunteer firefighter at 16 back then. Uh-huh um they consolidated with the county became a county volunteer um then got hired at dispatch uh, after EMT school sorry EMT school right after high school uh saves ambulance for a short period of time uh, yeah. back in the golden days behind the polar cup good old days good old days venus venus avenue i think yeah, it was 4455 4455 like <laughs> yeah, yeah right off military trail down there so i cut my teeth in EMS in battalion 3 back in the day. Um, From there, I got hired by County Dispatch when I was in the Quonset huts on Belvedere. Right. So those were good times in there. I had a lot of great mentors in dispatch. And uh, it was kind of cool because once I got hired by the county on the line, I got to talk to some of those people on the radio that I had worked with. Yeah, also got to calm the guys down and let them know that dispatch isn't at fault all the time, you know? Yeah. Um, So from dispatch, uh, I went to medic school um and after medical school i worked at inner city for a short period of time doing first response als yep. in the gardens back before other ambulance back yep. before the uh back before gardens had ems yep. um so i got to uh, work with some really great people sam eaton marvin hampton uh, the gardens guys you know timbo yep. and keith reed and reggie and uh-huh. all those guys you know I had a really good time working with them there and then from there i got hired by the county um in operations yeah Uh, I spent my time at battalion four for about a year between recruit class. Um, and after recruit class, uh, Sammy and I got hired together as non-fire medics. And we had to go to fire school at South Tech. Uh, Captain Larry Manley, God rest his soul, kept both Sammy and I at station 42. Uh, when we, when we graduated recruit Academy and, um, I went off to battalion three.
0: Forty-two is what Lake Worth Road.
1: No, forty. Well, the original forty-two was Lake Worth at the Turnpike. no, yeah, thirty-two. That's you're right. You're Originally, right. it used to be forty-two. Yeah, but forty-two now is Hagen Ranch Road. Hagen Ranch and Road, and that's where 52, I don't even know what it was, it was 51 before Fifty-one or fifty something like that. It was one of those. But yeah. that was the original Palm Beach County's training center. Yeah. So that's where the recruit academy was. That's where my recruit academy mm-hmm. was. Um, I made my way to Station Thirty-Three, and that's where I really wanted to be okay and that was circa 1992 uh oh. one paramedic in a station what they
0: call that station what was
1: the the, the fire factory fire factory yeah and back in the day it was a lot of jobs back in the day we had a lot of fire there yeah we had a lot of fire but you know the majority of our job was ems sure one medic on the truck 18 to 25 calls 24 hours mm-hmm. um, used to joke every day was like a you had to take a bite out of the shit sandwich and just some <laughs> days the bite was bigger than others <laughs> you know yeah um from there um i went to 23 for a short period of time 37 when lantana came into the system okay. um and then i ended up back at 33 and then uh this amazing uh, chief in our department vicky Shepard, mm-hmm. saw something in me that that i never saw now that whole time that i was in battalion 3 bouncing around a little bit i'd also spent five years on the swat team with the sheriff's office uh, i was a backup flight medic on the trauma hawk so I was getting to do some really cool stuff at a big department.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, which was the beginning of losing myself. Okay, beginning of it all. Um, but Vicki brought me into the training and safety division. And I really enjoyed doing EMS training. I started out of 50 South Military Trail, the old headquarters. Uh, they opened up 405 Pike Road while I was in the training division. So I got to go out to 405 Pike open that that facility, uh, which was just a really great that's their
0: Uh, new training facility out there by the turnpike yeah southern you know you get
1: to see it when you get to see it when you drive down the turnpike can't miss it (laughs) and uh the benevolent did a really nice job with that huge uh, banner on the side of it yeah um after that um i was able to make the ems captain's rank and from headquarters i left as an ems captain Uh, i did a i did a year in uh, the l-dub um at station uh station 91 Okay. Uh, Chief Billy Schmidt was my mentor there.
0: Billy Schmidt, yeah. Yeah,
1: great guy. And then... So I uh,
0: used to run with him when he was at 31.
1: Great guy. And then uh, and then I got to go out to Belgrade for about five 30. years. Yeah, he yeah. was. He was at 31 yeah. for a long time. The original 31.
0: They're, 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 they're coming back to me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like, like you said. It was like a, it's like a trip down memory lane. Yeah, it's like it is. like a trip down memory lane. It really is. And it's good now because I can remember those things. <laughs> I can remember those things. Um, and yeah, so I got, to I, I was out in Belle Glade for about five years and, um, you know, just an incredible eye opener out there. Yeah. Um, you know, you're running half of the landmass of Palm Beach County with two, four, five, six, seven dedicated trucks. Um, wow. you know, one was an either or at the time, the tender had one person on it out at 72. So
0: not even like two dozen people. No, nah, You mean, like
1: you'd that. be running a structure fire and your your backup's coming from the coast. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, you get banged out to another structure fire at another mm-hmm. end. I had Dr. Shecky with me. Oh. And we ran a call at the Martin County, Palm Beach County line. And Oof. then we ran a call at the Broward mm-hmm. County, Palm Beach County line. Wow. And he's like, uh, how much longer do we have to go? And I'm like, uh, about 25 minutes. Yikes. At a <clears throat> miles an hour, you know. And he was like, <laughs> oh my God. You know, it was uh, it was an eye opener for all for me and yeah. for all the guys from the coast that, uh, that came out to work out there, but great group of people that I got to work with out there. Yeah. I learned a lot about crew resource management out there. Yeah. Um, and then I came into 23 and that's where I retired as an EMS captain. Okay. Out of the rock. Uh, did about a decade there. Um, did my penance. All right. And that's kind of where I imploded in my life. And what, did, what was that like? Or what, what was involved there? So I kind of got lost in myself. Um, I lost my identity completely of who I was as a human being. And I just became this persona of an EMS captain. Um, I was doing really well as an EMS captain, I was teaching a lot uh, for a third party vendor. Um, And excuse me, I was getting to fly all over the country and sometimes in different parts of the world. Um, I got to um, teach rooms full of physicians, ACLS, PALS, ITLS. I got to go on cruise ships and teach doctors and it was just advanced airway. You know, here I am teaching doctors advanced airway. You know, it was kind of cool stuff. And I got lost in that. I really did. Um, I had a lot of bad calls in my career. I was a black cloud for bad EMS calls. Uh, I had three double PD traumas or pediatric cardiac arrests. Two two of those were from trauma, Uh, one was from medical. Um, so I, I just had a really bad run of calls, um, and I didn't manage it well. Um, you know, I'm not an expert in in mental mental health. I'm not an expert in addiction services, and I'm not even an expert, a subject matter expert anymore, in being a firefighter paramedic. Yeah. Um, but I've just had all these experiences through my life. So I had a short period of sobriety in my 40s, my late 30s and early 40s, where I got sober. I was just drinking really heavy. I was doing some drugs, but wasn't really heavy into drugs. Um, but I got sober and I was sober for about 10 years, eight years working the program and, and uh, two years not. Um, everything was going good after that for a while, but just for a while because I stopped working the program. Um, so when I got back to in town from out west, um, I started drinking again, uh, My my marriage in my eyes wasn't going well. My relationship with my ex was not good. My relationship with my kids, I would have loved to have had a better relationship with them because I have two really awesome daughters, um, and that relationship is getting better. It's, okay. it's being repaired. Um, so I started drinking and drugging. Basically, when I got out on my own, when I separated from my ex, uh, started living on my own. I had no oversight whatsoever. So basically, all I did was work and party. Um, I still worked a lot. I wasn't working as much as I was because it was starting to interfere with my drinking. Um, And everybody was everybody was starting to see the signs. But me, Yeah. my family members, my kids, uh, the guys at work, the upper echelons, uh, my boss at my other job. You know, you've had as I call him my EMS and say Sean fix you had on the show, Sean tried to help me Joel Breyer tried to help me. I had numerous people stopping in, you know, asking how I was doing. And of course, the answer was always, man, I'm fine. I got this. It's all good. I'm just, uh, I'm just blowing off steam. And one thing led to another. And I pissed positive at work. Uh, So I had to go. uh, I had to go in for 28 days. I went to a facility here in West Palm Beach, an amazing facility um, that preaches the program of AA. a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of recovery centers don't work the program. Okay. Um, they're a revolving door. It's basically what they are. Uh, and I'm not saying there aren't good treatment centers out there because there are there are great treatment centers sure. out there. But the one I went to was very heavily focused on the 12 steps of AA. And um, I'm thankful for Hanley Hazelton because they really, you know, got me back on that, that that bicycle, you know, because as right. soon as I started working the steps, it was just like before. Um, things started getting better incrementally. Um, I stayed out of work for about three months. I thought everything was going great until word got out on the street that I was coming back to work. Um, And there were people that I let down and disappointed that were upset with the fact that I pissed positive at work. Um, So I let a lot of people down. Understandable. absolutely, absolutely. And all of this I own. There's the, the only finger that's ever been pointed has always been the finger at me. I've never pointed or blamed anybody else for the things that I had done. But um, I worked at getting better. Um, Before I came back to work, um, there were people that were meeting at headquarters that wanted me terminated, removed from my position removed from my battalion. Um, But unfortunately, none of those things could be done because we have this great thing called the bargaining. Mm -hmm. So I took my lumps just like everybody else that's piss positive. you know, I, I, I dealt with that recourse. But I stayed in my position and I stayed in my battalion and it wasn't for any other reason. But to prove to myself that um, I can still be good at this and I can still do this. And I can show people that um, broken people can get better. I was sick. I didn't know I was sick. Right. But I was sick. I got help. And started working on myself to get better, and it didn't go well at first. Um, there were people that wouldn't acknowledge my presence in a station, um, would shut their office doors if I came into their station. Um, on calls, different. On calls, if I if I barked or whatever as an EMS captain, yeah. everybody followed through and, and acted as professionals. But in the firehouse, um, I was berated openly um, in front of rookies. Um, I was told not to come on certain certain parts of the fire stations. People didn't want me in their common areas. They didn't want me talking to their people. Um, I had a very bad relationship with my chief, my battalion chief, when I first came back. Um, he just slammed the door every time I, I came into the station and closed his office door. Um, and it took another tragedy within our department for him to realize that, you know, um, that that wasn't the right way to go about handling what had happened with me. And that was a very pivotal moment in the last two years of my career um, because my last two years really were great two years. Um, he yeah. recognized his, his error, um, yeah. made, made amends for it. <clears throat> sure. um, and uh, we actually ended off on a really great note doing some really great things in the battalion with training. Um, but I, uh, shortly into coming back to work, so I returned to work in January of 18 and wasn't being, you know, received very well. And on April 5th of 2018, I woke up in the morning, turned the TV on, was making my coffee. And I see this guy walking with a backpack and a cowboy hat through Palm Beach County. And I'm, you know, trying to read, yeah. trying to read the subtitles and uh-huh. what it's about. And this guy's, apparently he's walking from Key West, Key to, West Tallahassee. to Tallahassee to uh, bring awareness Mm -hmm. to uh, firefighters, uh, death, death, basically our, our, um, our benefits at death for cancer. Um, and that man is Tom Hill, other known as bull. So, you know, when I saw the white shirts and the white wave walking with them, Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, whatever. And, um, I went to work, I started making my rounds and this rookie who had got on the job while I was in rehab during that period of time, got assigned to my battalion. I was making rounds and at a friendly station that openly welcomed me and told me I always had a safe place to go if I needed to. Mm -hmm. And, um, he said, Hey cap, uh, I've been walking with this guy in Broward County. He's walking through Palm Beach County. I'm like, yeah, I saw something about that on the news, man. He's walking with the white wave, you know, Uh I was watching chiefs put on the packs and everybody was smiling. Yeah. And I'm like, <clears throat> I don't think that's for me. And he's like, I really think you should, you should spend a day with him. You know, and he, said, he said he's one of us. Yeah. Um, and this gentleman had also at that time openly uh, told me that he was in recovery as well. Um. So I was like, Nah, forget it. And then finally, he's just Cap. Why don't you shut up and walk with us? And he said that in the room full of people. Wow. And I wasn't insulted. And this was a rook. This was a rook. This is a three month rook. And I wasn't insulted. I was. um it it really motivated me. Good. That this guy is that passionate about what's going on. So I said, I can't do it tomorrow, but I'll do it the day after. So I caught up with him. I actually saw him driving through my hometown in North Palm. Uh I mean, walking through my hometown in North Palm. Um, And I think he slept at station 18 that night um, in Jupiter or he made it. I I don't know if he slept there or if he some other people had, had taken him in for the night. But the next morning that morning, I met him. And that's actually on April 7th. Um, I have it in my calendar. It just came up. It was April 7th of 18 that I got to meet him. And um, I walked into the to the training room at 18. And he was standing there. And I'm like, hey, man, it's, it's an honor to meet you. And he said, it ain't an honor to meet me. It's an honor to meet these guys. And I fell in love with him. Yeah. Uh, we walked that day. We got to the county line in Martin County. And we went from like 50 people walking to like, Twenty people walk, and then after lunch, it was like eight people walking. And uh, I got to have a lot of one-on-one time talking with him. Uh-huh. And uh, Bull and I had a lot of commonalities in our careers and in our lives, so I really uh, enjoyed talking to him. So I decided to go walk a little bit more with him and a little bit more. One thing led to another, and I dedicated a full month, um, uh-huh. almost a full month of walking with him, uh, from the time he got to the other side of Orlando to, to the time we got to ha- Tallahassee. I was with Bull full time. Um, after that, I got to walk, uh, the state of Kentucky with them. And then Mm -hmm. most recently, two years ago, we walked the state of Georgia. We walked Mm -hmm. the Florida, Georgia border highway 17. Yeah. And we walked 17 all the way to Savannah across the Talmadge bridge, which was really cool. (laughs) Um, and then from the Talmadge bridge, we walked to, um, Charleston. Wow. Because at that time, the Charleston nine, uh, the city was defunding the new memorial that they were going to build. So we were gonna try to bring a little bit of awareness to that. Wow. Um, and that really um, rejuvenated my, my, uh, my love for the fire service, and yeah. that there truly is a brotherhood. You know, there's always gonna be those that um, don't understand addiction. There's always gonna be those that don't understand um, mental health issues. And, and I get it, I do, because it hasn't affected them in their lives but joe breyer always told told me something that i always held on to and it's you know someday something's going to happen in their lives and they're going to understand and they'll come around they will and slowly but surely most of those people that um shunned me when i came back to work have slowly reached out to me you know and said hey man My family members going through this, you know, can you help me with this? And I'm so sorry about the way that I treated you, but I know, you know, about this, can you help me? And of course I'm going to, because that's got to be part of my program.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I can't hold any grudges. I can't hold any resentments. I can't ruminate. I can't let the story play over in my mind over and over and over again, because that's how I got to that deep dark hole. Mm -hmm. So my plan was, you know, things were going great in the battalion towards the end of my career. My divorce was final. It did happen. Um, it was amicable. Um, we have kids you know we're adults and we're gonna act like adults Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, the divorce was final Uh, my kids one kid was in school in New York City and the other one after graduating FSU go Knowles she moved up there to live with her in Brooklyn so I had the two kids living together in New York I have family there that was there for them if they needed them so I felt very good about that so my plan was gonna be uh, 14 months I bought a new RV I had one at the time. Um, I upgraded to a two-year-old one, a larger one with a washer dryer, a full-size kitchen, a king-size bed, all the amenities. And my plan was just gonna be to retire and- uh, Catching the motor and fishing pole. And that's it. Yeah. motorhome, a fishing pole, which way's <laughs> the wind blowing. Um, and, you know, just check things, check the world out. Yeah. See how that goes. Um, and there's an old, an old saying, you know, man plans and God laughs. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, I got an overtime shift out in Belglade, got to see my old crew. I really wasn't happy about going out there. Cause it was like, I was working all my overtime at my station you know, yeah. it was just nice being one of the senior senior EMS captains in the battalion. But on this particular day, everybody that I called and asked, cause I didn't, I wasn't the guy that would just say, I'm working here that day. know, I called and asked him, Hey man, can I get back to 23? And so, something, everything body had something going on. So I went out to Belglade. And I walked into Lakeside Hospital, because it's boring out there when you work out there now. Right. Um, but when the shit does happen, it happens. Yeah. Um, I walked into Lakeside Hospital and this beautiful woman started walking my way. And I kind of smiled and got introduced to her a little bit later in the ER. And um, I had just gotten done my, done with my first finger thoracotomy. And I was so happy, because I wanted to get one of those in before I retired. Uh-huh. Um, and I got some blood on my shirt and I went into the ER to clean it up and she was very attentive she helped me and three days later we went on a date three months later we moved in with each other and a year after that we married wow and I finally found somebody that gets me <clears throat> and you know she has no clue like you know I'm sure that if I was dating somebody that was close to the fire service they would be like do, do, do you know him yeah. Do you know what he's about? Do you know what he's done? Do you know how he treats people? Uh-huh. Cuz I wasn't the greatest leader. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had I had very poor leadership skills. Um I just knew how to do things. And I knew how to I knew what had to be done before most people knew what had to be done. And I was able to do things that some other people weren't able to do. Um So she doesn't know the old Steve. She just knows this guy that, you know, that's evolved. Through the program of AA and working with different groups with PTS. Um, and we have this fairy tale life. We truly have this fairy tale life. It's um, she's an amazing woman. Um, we're the same age. Uh, she is a retired New York City medic. Oh, wow. She was there for 9-11. Uh, she was two blocks when the second tower, two blocks away when the second wow. tower fell. She got called into work. She was at home. It was her day off that day. Um, you know, her car got towed on, you know, got towed on the road because they were clearing roads yeah. for EMS when she found her car. It had like that much, you know, ash on it. And, you know, she's dealing with some, some issues from 9 11 as well. But a couple of years after that, she decided to come to Florida. So she understands like when I came home from a 24 or a 48 that I was nonverbal. You know, okay. she got that. She understood that, you know, feed me, tell me to take a shower, go take a nap. Um, she's just this most incredible woman. Uh, she cooks, she cleans, she's beautiful. Um, she's got a wonderful family. Her extended family is absolutely a wonderful group of people to be around. Very, they're happy people. They're, they're, they're good people. Uh, her mom is here in Lake Worth. You know, she's, uh, she's an only child to her mom. So she helps take care of her mom as well. You know, my mom's 87. I get to, I get to be part of that now. So in retirement, um, I'm so thankful for that little implosion that I had in 2017, because it set me up for retirement. So she agreed to retire with me when I retired. Oh wow! Um, But she asked if she could go to nursing school because it's been a childhood dream of hers. So now we're here for two years where we could have been traveling or you know, going somewhere doing something. So we're here for two years. And that's when I decided Mm. to do the real estate thing. And I've had my real estate license for seven, eight months, and I never activated it with a brokerage, uh-huh. but um, this uh, girl that I've been do- doing yoga with for about 10 or 11 years, her name's Jamie Muckler, um, we had connected at, at yoga one day, and I was like, hey, I heard you got your own brokerage. Congratulations. She's like, I heard you got your license. You know, congratulations. Uh-huh. She was, where are you working? I'm like, I haven't done anything with it, and she just with a smile, she said, well, why don't you come work with me? Uh-huh. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll do that. So, you know, I just had her put my license under her brokerage, activate it. And, you know, I'm gonna work as a referral agent now, but not slowly learn the business, Yeah, slowly learn it. So life after the fire service um, is great. Um, It's better than anybody could have ever laid it out for me to be because I really thought that, you know, when I lost that identity of who I was, Uh that a lot of people expect me me to crash and burn. the gentleman you had on yesterday, Uncle Larry. Uh-huh. Um, Uncle Larry looked across from me at the table at 36 and he goes, what are you going to do at retirement? He goes, because I'm worried about you. Wow. You know, and I was like, "Well, oh, I don't have a plan, Uncle Larry. You know, I really don't. Yeah. Um, but I know I'm going to travel and uh, I know I'm going to stay close to the program AA and I got my understanding. Um, so it's just been great, you know, that I get to do all these things that I've never done before because I was so focused on work. You know, I get to, you know, have, even though it's a, a telephone or a FaceTime relationship with my kids, you know, I see them a couple times a year for the mm-hmm. holidays and sometimes I'm going off for my daughter's graduation next month from, uh, from school in, in uh, New York city. Where she go to school? School of the visual arts SVA mm-hmm. in uh, downtown. downtown. Okay. Uh, they both live in Brooklyn. They lived together for three years uh-huh. and now they live separately in Brooklyn, uh, in a little town area called Bushwick. And when they told okay. me they were moving to Bushwick. I looked at him with four heads, like what do you what do what? You, uh, what? And they're like, it's not that Bushwick, Dad. It's not the one you knew growing up. And it isn't. It's it's just been all genified. My my daughter uh wanted to go, she got accepted to
0: uh to school up there. She wanted to go to um I can't I can't even think of the name right now okay. because she she wound up committing to go to Ole Miss. So so luckily it's like Oh wow. Uh, I, I don't even have to think about it anymore, but yeah, but yeah, she, she, was, she was really excited to want to go to New York, be Yankee fans. And awesome.
1: So, but anyway, um, yeah, the girls got to do the whole two years of COVID up there. Uh, they Ugh. went through that whole nightmare. My daughter took a gap year in college because okay. it's, it's art school. And if you can't go into school, yeah, you can't use the studio. You can't check out a $5,000 camera or use a $20,000 studio. What's the point of going to art school? Right. Yeah. So she took a gap year and she worked. Um, She worked somewhat in her field and she also waitressed. Um, And my oldest is doing great up there as well. Good. So really happy for them.
0: So the only reason you've gotten to the point of having a life after the fire is because you uh, realized or recognized that you had had an issue and through the grace of God
1: found the right help and have gotten to the other side of it. Absolutely. Um, and, and I didn't realize it. It wasn't me. It was those around me. So it was a
0: combination of substance abuse as a res- you think it was a, as a result of mental health.
1: I definitely think that, or the two were just, I think they're the they, right place at the right time. Yeah. the yeah. Right place at the right time. You know, when, when your mental health isn't well, um, it's going to let you lead yourself down paths that you normally would not go down. As a
0: coping mechanism. Exactly. Now, yeah. I never
1: drank on duty. I never did drugs on duty. Right. Um, but, you know, there were times where I was drinking too much before I, I had to go to work. And yeah. as soon as I got off of work, I would start drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. You know, through the, through the administration, basically, you know, had enough of it. Yeah. Um, they, were <clears throat> they just didn't know what to do with me
0: well you i think you're very fortunate that that you were given the opportunity to to seek help and seek treatment and and that it had a you know positive outcome absolutely uh, i don't think that's um as common uh with with a lot of departments so you're you're very fortunate there and and i think uh, for our, for our 10 listeners or 11 now, I think we have like <laughs> awesome. 11 now for our, for our listeners, uh, you know, anybody else that, that might be going through something like this, you know, as a, as kind of like a call to action, like where would you, what would you recommend for them as some, some first steps of, you know, obviously, you know, recognizing that, that you're, they're having their, their own issues. What would you recommend?
1: So I know a lot of departments have, uh, different programs within their departments, like EAP, a EAP, um, I'm not a big fan of EAP, although there are very good counselors in EAP. And I I was lucky enough to get one. There are some that are just when you're telling your story to a counselor, and they start crying, how does it make you feel about your counselor? You know, it's yeah. so that some just don't understand. <clears throat> they, they have they have no concept of what we go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and some don't have any history with um, alcoholism or addiction. Um, so there is there are those programs and some of those some of your departments may require you to go through those programs sure um, but also reaching out to those that have been down that road <clears throat> you know there's an old story about a guy stuck in a hole in the street first guy walks by he's a businessman The man cries out you know hey help me help me and he goes you know what I'm gonna go back to my, my job and I'm gonna start a focus group we're gonna make a plan blah, blah 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 I'll be back and the next guy walks by and it just so happens it's a fireman and he's like, Hey, man, help me help me He goes, well. Well, I'm gonna go back to the station. But the guys are out right now. And when they get back, I'm gonna get a ladder and we'll put a ladder down there. And we'll get you out. Third guy walks by and he says the same thing. Can you help me and the guy jumps down into the hole. Now the guy that's stranded is looking at him like he goes, what are you doing? We're both stuck here. He goes, Yeah, but I've been here before. I know the way out. So finding somebody that's been through that, mm-hmm. that can help you get involved with a program that works for you. Uh, for me, it's AA yeah um, i also belong to this really cool group of guys i'll be leaving here to go to see them yeah um, it's a group of guys that suffer from all different kinds of things but we all have pts uh-huh. um, and we're all looking uh, to get better and to be better people so there's treatment centers if you're a firefighter um, there's the center of excellence um, if you've been a firefighter anywhere at any time the center of Excellence paid firefighter mm-hmm. the center of excellence Excellence will take you, no questions asked. Um, Certain departments have contracts with facilities to help you get help. And you're no less of a human being for doing that. In fact, you're going to become a strong human being in in doing that. You're going to learn more about yourself if you give yourself to the program. Um, You're going to learn more about a connection with a higher power um, that got you out of where you were um but i think really finding somebody that's been through it that can help you through the process is a big part of it eap treatment facilities they're all like i call it the piece of the pizza right people like to have these graphs Uh i'm a food guy so it's all about a piece of pizza it's all about a circle of pizza right and that pizza isn't whole unless all the slices are there so for me one slice is my downtime at home in my happy place with my wife that's a slice of it yoga is a slice of it um, AA is a slice of it. My PTSD group is a slice of it. And I have all these different slices that make up a pie. So there isn't just one like magic bullet panacea, right? Um, that fixes it all. It takes a lot of work, a lot of work to get back to being the person that you know, you used to be and I've never, I've never been this person that I am today. I never I never got a chance to look down into my soul. And by the grace of god i had that opportunity that's great so for our, our listeners
0: if if what you're hearing sounds like something that you might be going through
1: um what would be a, a great way for for people to reach out to you to five six one seven six seven zero six one eight that's my phone number feel free to call my phone is on 24 7. i take calls from from all kinds of people that need help. Uh, and then my full name, Campana at att.net is my email. You can hit me up on Facebook, uh, EMSCAP23retired on Instagram. You can message me and I'll be happy to talk to you um, and get you in touch with the professionals. I appreciate you doing that. Morris. And for our, for our listeners, if you like what you're hearing, like,
0: follow, and share, get a hold of us at info at com info at latfpodcast.com. See you on the next one.